because you are in the Hoodwood. I'm the Black Bandit, KJ Green, welcoming you to another edition of Sports with Hoodwood. Coming up in this edition, the Rubiales soccer situation in Spain. Can a guy just take a hand and go away? Take an in-depth look at that sorted mess. What a finish in Williamsport. I've got highlights. You'll love the way the Little League World Series ended. A sneak preview of things to come. A quick NFL pick. Just one. Well, it's only for Thursday next week. Take a look at that Chiefs-Lions game. The Hoodwood Hot Five comes out with a preseason Hot Five. And can you imagine who's gonna, who I've got picked as the number one team? Got all that. Got that. Get slapped. And a final word from the wood, wrapping up the 10th season. Hey, finishing up strong. 10 seasons almost in the books. Finish up. This is Sportsman Hood Whip. Put your crash helmets on and buckle your seatbelts. And let's go. NFL picks, whole bunch of stuff. I don't know how much I'm going to change up, make things new, but this is putting a nice little bow on the 10th season. I'm your man, KJ Green, welcoming you to another edition of Sports from the Hoodwood. Wherever you're listening, whether podcast or YouTube, greetings. I'm glad you joined me, whether you're listening in your vehicle or watching my ugly mug on YouTube. I'm glad you decided to spend a little time with me in the Hoodwood. And I will detail on how you can contact Hoodwood and all the different varieties of viewing and listening at your disposal at the end of the show. But let's start out with some serious business. And if you've been around the Hoodwood long enough, you know that I have two daughters. I have a 26-year-old and I have a 15-year-old. Now, neither one of them were ever very much athletically inclined, even though my youngest said she didn't mind and wanted to play soccer, but her mother wasn't that down for it, so she never did play. Oh, well, she's a gamer. No big deal. But as a father of two daughters, seeing the way that Spanish Federation President Luis uh, Rubiales did made my stomach turn. And I, and I chronicled some in Fat Dab Head Slap last week, but it did deserved a more in-depth look and what happened now Spain won the women's world cup beating England one to nothing uh Jenny Hermioso scored the game winning goal well I beg pardon she didn't score the game winning goal but she was on the uh winning side that you know was part of like I said the, the team that won the cup Luis Rubiales is the president of Spanish Federation of Soccer and he uh, he was a former player, and he's now a bureaucrat. But he was so enthusiastic, he kissed 
Hermioso. And I'm not talking about one of those, you know, the European kids kiss one cheek, kiss the other, whatever. He kissed her full out on the mouth. And she didn't like it. And if you look at the tape, you can tell she didn't like it. And Rubiales immediately came under fire for his, for lack of a better way of putting it, chauvinistic attitude toward doing this like, you know, I'm the president of the Spanish Federation, you know, of soccer, football, whatever they want to call it, they call it in Europe. I'm going to do what I want. If I want to kiss this woman, she's going to take it and she's going to like it. It's thinking like that. It's the kind of caveman, Neanderthal, chauvinistic type mentality that has long, long since disappeared from sports and from society in general. And it's something that you don't push up on somebody that doesn't want to be pushed up on. You're enthusiastic. You're happy. That's cool. A hug, you know, a kiss on the cheek, maybe. But you didn't know this girl. Even if you were on friendly terms, that just wasn't appropriate. And the worst thing about it is Rubiales has this mentality of, y'all need to back up from me. Dude, don't you know who I am? I know what's best. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to resign. He doubled down and said it was consensual. But when Hermioso was asked, she basically said, nah, I, I wasn't trying to do that. So you have a woman who says she wasn't down for it. And you have this high-ranking man who says otherwise. And to the credit of both the Spanish men and women's teams, they have basically said, we're not taking the pitch until this guy is gone. Now, Rubiales has said, I'm not going anywhere. Now, FIFA, the governing body of soccer around the world, has suspended Rubiales for 90 days. Will this lead to his termination? No one knows. But there are so many people, I wouldn't say on both sides, because there is a growing majority on one side that is fully backing Hermioso and have basically said we're behind Jenny. I mean the, and when you have so uh, such a big coalition of players both male and female calling this dude out saying hey cuz you were wrong that shit don't fly you need to go and, and, and with the quickness and the worst thing about it is Rubiales acts with this whole, I didn't do anything wrong. Why are they sweating me? Why are they pushing up on me? Y'all act like I did something. Yeah, you did do something. I've taught both of my daughters to be strong in their own right and to reject any kind of bullying, unwanted advances, any kind of harassment. And a situation like this, where you have somebody of power, of real power, acting entitled, like Rubiales has, and essentially doubling down on what he on his stance and basically folding his arms and going, I ain't going nowhere. And you ain't gonna do nothing to make me go anywhere. 
The man deserves, needs to be fired. I mean, point blank. The man needs to lose his job. It is not something that you just brush off of, oh, it was in the heat of the moment or whatever. No, the man said she wanted it. And it goes back to that whole culture of a woman asking for it, a woman wanting, you know, whatever unwanted advances. She deserved it. I'm, you know, I'm a man. I can do what I want to. Shit like that don't fly. And I don't like it. And I, I'm, I'm very, very blunt about this because it's something that needs to be said. It's something that needs to be done. This dude is not the same. It's not like he hasn't done other outrageous stuff before. I mean, during a game not too, too long ago, he grabbed his private parts in front of the Spanish queen and the princess, and the Spanish princess, who is 16. She's Jazzy's age. If somebody did that in front of my kid, they'd be eating, they'd be eating a knuckle sandwich. They'd be spitting teeth. That is, stuff like that just does not fly in this day and age. I grow, I am among the growing chorus of people, both in the media, regular fans, players on the uh, on the Spanish, both men's and women's team, that are calling for Rubiales to step down, to resign, quit before you get fired. Because if the governing body, the powers that be in the the the, the uh, Spanish Federation, uh, the REFEF, as in its shortened title don't take drastic action to curb this, you are setting a bad and dangerous precedent where these rich, entitled men feel that they can get away with anything like that. The man needs to lose his job, and that right soon. There's no place for that in, in, in sports in, in, the, in the 21st century. There is just no place for it. The man has got to go. I gotta be honest. Let's lighten. Let's lighten things up around here. I, I gotta be honest. It, it's I love the Little League World Series. Love it. I love watching these kids play. The enthusiasm they play with, and the uh, final tournament in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, is a staple at the end of summer. And you just love watching these kids play. And you have the international team playing. You always have an American team playing in the final. And the final this year was Curacao versus El Segundo, California. And it was an absolute gem of a game. Uh, El Segundo pushing out to a 5-1 lead. Um, I'll show you the highlights here. Curacao loads the bases and, wow, just socks one over the fence. And suddenly, the game is tied. I mean, you're going, this is just heartbreak for, for these kids from Cali. But did they collapse? Nah. They turned Lewis Lappin, who had four home runs already in the tournament. And you talk about big-time players making big-time plays. 
that is a no doubt, don't look for it, jackets not coming back type of home run. And the enthusiasm that, that Lewis Lappy circling the bases and running into the arms of his gleeful teammates, 6-5 the final, a walk-off winner for El Segundo, California. What a finish. I'm just like, wow. Are you kidding me? That's how you finish a game. That mean, And you felt for the kids from Curacao. They gave it a go. They played their hearts out. No errors on either side for the finale. You gotta love that. And the, just the way the kids handled themselves on both sides. Lots of great sportsmanship. And you love how Lappy talked to the young man, the, the, the pitch who served up the, uh, the home run. Gave him words of encouragement. Told him to keep his head up. You know, and, and you love the sportsmanship. Little, that's what Little League World Series, I mean, Little League Baseball is all about. Great play. Never say die hustle. Sportsmanship at the end. And F-U-N fun is the name of the game. That Just the way these kids play. I love watching them. And like I said, hats off. And I wouldn't say fat dap <laughs> to, to, the El, to El Segundo, who put as a walk-off winner. Let's take our first break and come back with a little teeny snippet of NFL previews. Since NFL season starts a week from uh, Thursday on the 7th, we're going to do stuff a little bit different with NFL previews. We're going to start doing the, all the, the Thursday previews for the coming week ahead of time. Well, this week, I should say. I'll lay it all out for you. Is today your last day on Earth because you are being deployed to space tomorrow? Have you just turned 18 and you're ready to get out of your parents' house? Has your granddaughter gotten her boyfriend pregnant? Whatever your reason, you need us at GottaGetMarriedNow.com. We specialize in last-minute weddings. Active duty, military veterans and retired discounts are available. Visit us at GottaGetMarriedNow.com. KJ Green, and it is just about time. It's time. Time for what? Time for NFL picks. Yes, we're almost on top of another exciting season of NFL football. And of course, yours truly doing the prognostication of picks. Now, we're going to do something different in the hood with this year. For years, I will admit, I have struggled mightily to get the picks posted in a timely manner because of the Thursday game. I've long since been someone who has despised the Thursday game. Season opener accepted, 
Thursday game for Thanksgiving, triple header accepted. Those are exceptions. I'm not talking about those games. I'm talking about the other regular season games that are run on Amazon Prime. I've got nothing against Amazon Prime. I've got no problem with Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet on the call. They do a fine job. I just hate games on Thursday. They, they just ruin the, the, the rhythm of the season for me. So, I decided... I didn't want to do a podcast for just one pick for Thursday and then break everything up. So I decided what the best way to do is to do a wraparound. What's that you say? I decided to make next week's Thursday game the last pick of the lineup of picks. So I will do a pick for this Thursday game for the 7th, just this one pick. And then next week I'll do the entire slate of games for the September 10th and the uh, the... They do the doubleheader for a Monday game in week two, so we won't worry about that. But we'll do the entire slate of games for the Sunday, Sunday night game, the Monday night game, and the Thursday game for the 14th will be the last pick of the week. So, and we'll add that, so the last pick of the week will be the next week's Thursday game, and then we'll continue to keep a running tally of the games going forward. Uh, Again, we'll do the... Uh, Hoodwood Upset of the Week, and I'll do the Hoodwood Lock of the Week. But we won't do any of those until we finish all the Week 1 picks next week, next time we get together. So, next week I'll say I was 0-1 or 1-0 if I get this particular pick right. So, let's start again with the picks. With the odds provided by ESPN for entertainment and comparison purposes only. I only tell you that. I tell you this every week. So for those who have a proclivity to bet on the lines, if you do so and lose, I don't want to hear your complaints. If you make money, cool. If not, that's on you. First game of the season is the Thursday, September 7th game, the season opener between the Lions, who finished 9-8 in 2022, and the Kansas City Chiefs, who were 14-3 last year, the defending Super Bowl champ. Game being played at GHA. <laughs> Easy for me to say. Try it again. Game being played at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium, Kansas City, Missouri. 820 kickoff on NBC. Now, this this game is going to be on NBC. All the rest of the games, I believe, up until Thanksgiving are going to be on Amazon Prime. But we'll cover that when we get to it. The Chiefs are six and a half point favorites. Last year, the Lions missed the playoffs on tiebreakers, though they did win their season finale. 20 to 16 over the Packers to knock that team out of playoff contention. The Chiefs are the defending Super Bowl champs, having defeated the Eagles 38-35 in Super Bowl 57. Fast facts will be on the bottom of the screen. And as you read the fast fact, and I will read that is the ninth time in 10 years that defending Super Bowl champ has hosted the season opener. Now, the Lions' strong play down the stretch in 22, though they were bounced by tiebreakers in the season finale, but their strong finish gave strong portent to a rousing 23 on tap. They start the season in one of the NFL's toughest venues, facing defending Super Bowl champs in the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs are a tough draw even in the best of circumstances, facing them in their second title banner raise in the last four years is going to make it an even more daunting task. Jared Goff is a seasoned vet for the Lions, and he will have a solid receiving core to throw to, a rugged running back in David Montgomery. I don't know the grad. 
to keep a freewheeling Chiefs defense honest. Now, the Chiefs have the irrepressible Patrick Mahomes, and that in itself will give the Lions pause from the jump. I think it will be a tight game. Both teams will be feeling each other out like boxers, you know, kind of punching and fainting, but the Chiefs will seem, always seem to find a way to capitalize on one mistake with a big play of their own. The Lions are showing that they are ready for primetime indeed, and will give it a strong go, but the Chiefs in Arrowhead is too tall a task for this up-and-coming squad. The defending champs start off their title defense, often winning with a solid win. The pick here is Kansas City. There you have it. One game, one pick. Last year, I was 167, 98, and 3. Two of those were ties. One was a no contest. I did not count that as a win or loss in my standings because of the Bills-Bengals game of the DeMar Hamlin situation. So, we will have a full slate of games next Saturday's uh, episode with the Thursday game being the last game, that being the game of the team. Take a final timeout, come back with the Hoodwood Hot Five, which has the preseason college top five, at least the Hoodwood top five, got dap, head slap, and the final word from Sportsman Wood heads down the home stretch after this. I'm actor Rajim A. Gross. Some of the studios would like to scan our images and only pay us for one day's worth of work and be able to use our likenesses, our voices, our mannerisms as computer-generated characters, not only in the movie that we might be filming in, but in all future films as well. That's not fair. And I thank the SAG board members that are fighting for my rights as an actor to work on a union film. So I just wanna say, standing in complete solidarity with everyone, thank you. Slap and the final word from the wood. This week's Hoodwood Hot Five is the preseason college football Hoodwood Hot Five. Even though one of the five teams has already played its first game, we will start out since I consider week zero, I don't consider that to be a true week of the college football uh, spectrum. September 2nd is when basically every college football team takes the field in anticipation of their first game and their journey toward hopefully trying to qualify for the 
college football playoff. I think this is the last year that they're going to have four teams in the college football playoff. They're going to expand it to, I believe, eight or 12 teams next year. But that's next year. We're talking this year and the Hoodwood Hot Five. We'll go in reverse order. From five to number one, our fifth-ranked preseason team is the USC Trojans out of Pac-12. This is the swan song for the Pac-12 in its current iteration as USC is going to the Big Ten next year. Last year, they were 11-3, losing to Tulane 46-45 in the Cotton Bowl. This year, they already are 1-0, having defeated San Jose State 56-28. Our fourth-ranked team is Alabama. The Crimson Tide last year were 11-2 and defeated Kansas State 45-20 in the Sugar Bowl. They lost the SEC Championship to Georgia and did not qualify for the college football playoff. Our third-ranked team in the Hoodwood Hot Five is the Ohio State Buckeyes. They finished 11-2 last year. The national semifinalists losing to Georgia 42 to 41 in the slimmest of margins with that field goal going wide left at exactly midnight in Atlanta and they are still in the Big 10 and still a tough team to deal with and they and of course their arch rivals who's the number 2 team in the Hoodwood Hot 5 facing off Michigan who was 13 and 1 last year also a national semifinalist they too fell in a classic game, losing to TCU 51-45. And, of course, that leaves our number one team in the Hoodwood Hot Five. This is the team, five teams that I think are best. They aren't necessarily in the polls the same way, but your favorite, my favorite, the national favorite for now are the Georgia Bulldogs. Last year, they went 15-0, defeating Texas Christian, 65 to 7. That was a beatdown in the boogie down in the worst kind of way. That game was over, I think, even before it started. I mean, I thought TCU might have had a puncher's chance, but Georgia punched them in the mouth and kept on punching. And it was like you wanted a referee to step in and cover up TCU and go, okay, enough. Stop hitting them. But until proven otherwise, Georgia is the best team in the land. And until proven otherwise, they will be number one in this Hoodwood Hot Five poll. Now, Georgia, of course, sooner or later gonna have to cross Alabama. Ohio State, Michigan, they don't play each other till after Thanksgiving. But you know there are other teams that are lurking out there. Penn State, Utah, possibly, is there another dark horse in the SEC or the Big Ten? No. But, these are the top five teams I have in the Hoodwood Hot Five right now. That's my Hot Five. What's yours? And now let's look at the Fat Dap and Head Slap of the Week. Multiple ones again this week. Fat Daps of the Week go to two powerful ladies. First of all, Fat dab to Simone Biles, who won her eighth, eighth, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth National Gymnastics Championship with an all-around total of 118.4 points, four points better than Shelly's Jones in San Jose, to win in San Jose. It's a vindication for Biles, who made a triumphant comeback and should shut up 
all the haters that dogged her when she dropped out of the Tokyo Olympics citing mental health. She dropped out because she was in her head and in, in a bad space. And she didn't feel that she was going to perform at her best. And when you're not in that right mental space and you try to perform, you may get hurt. Gymnastics ain't something to play with. She was fo she focused on her mental health, took time out, got married, you know, and took more than two years to really get back into competitive gymnastics. She came back and won in San Jose in the national championships. She is cut from the hood with cloth in the highest form. She's resilient, tough, and a winner. That depth also going out to Shakari Richardson, who picked up two golds and a bronze in the world championships in Budapest. She rewrote the record books with a, uh, a winning time of 10.65 seconds to claim her first international title. And she was also part of the gold medal 4x100 relay and finished third in the 200 meters. You can recall that uh, Richardson was disqualified from the Olympics in Tokyo in 2021 after a positive drug test for marijuana. She took hella heat for that failed drug test and many were openly critical of her flamboyant style. But Richardson, like Biles, slowly rebounded and she ascended to the highest level of her field. She's a strong favorite to make the U.S. Olympic track team in 2024 that will head to Paris. Like Biles, she's another one cut from the hoodwood and a true winner in every sense. Our head slap will go to an ump that was thrown out of a game. And you go, wait a minute, umps don't get thrown out of a game, players get thrown out of a game. Well, let me detail it. Sunday's game between Frontier League between Frontier League game between the New York Boulders and the Tri City Valley Cats. Uh, the visiting Valley Cats accused the homestanding Boulders of stealing signs via the center field camera in the first inning. First base umpire Warren Nicholson told the Boulders that they had to remove the league-approved tablet in the dugout, which led to New York uh, Boulders uh, second baseman Tucker Nathan's questioning that call. Uh, Nathans and Nicholson got into it. Nicholson eventually ejected Nathans and they got into it further. And it looked like, you can see the video, that Nicholson jabbed Nathans in the midsection. Now Nicholson was asked to leave the game, which was then delayed an hour to remove the center field camera, which may or may not have been involved in the sign stealing issue. The uh, boulders were openly critical of the Valley Cats for making the accusation saying that they had no intent on stealing signs and accusing the Valley Cats of stealing signs on in their own right. But Nicholson should know better. As somebody who has always baited umpires when I played softball, I got in I've got nose and nose with umpires. But to touch an umpire or have an umpire touch you is just out of line. Nicholson should have known better. He tried to walk away, and I don't care what the player said that made him turn around. Cuss him out, yes. Touch him, uh-uh. Head slap to Warren Nicholson, an umpire who basically will probably never get up to the show because he have been, he's been branded a hothead. Our head slaps of the week, first of all, to the idiots, and I say idiots, in Coors Field who decided it would be an Great idea to run onto the field and try to take selfies with Ronald Acuna Jr. during the game. 
make this make sense. They claim they wanted to take selfies, but this is a scary and bizarre incident that was not viewed kindly by Coors Field security. This should never, ever happen. Now, I'm all for fans interacting with players in a safe, controlled way, but having enthusiastic and love for the players and doing something like this is two different things. I love seeing security deal with the miscreants with full body tackles. Take them out. Hurt them. So they will think twice and other people will be cowed to not do something again. Head slap to the idiots who think that being on the field is the best way to interact with the game. Here's a pro tip. It ain't. And now without much further ado, let's go to the final word from the wood. I've been doing this a while. I don't make any money off of this endeavor, so this would be considered definitely a labor of love. This is the coda of the 10th season of doing this podcast. What started out as a column in the old sporting news blog forests turned into a video when those were shut down. I think had they not been, I likely still would have been writing. My prose is sometimes better read than said. All things considered, I've enjoyed bringing this podcast to you. Though there have been some times I hate the work involved and I'm seriously considering turning over the editing duties over to my youngest, Princess Jazzy, who has shown a better proclivity to the nuances of editing. But that might be something I do down the road, making this a family affair. As it stands now, I continue to endeavor to bring my humble opinions and insight to you on a fairly regular basis. For the weeks that I have missed, I do apologize. Life has its way of pushing its way into making you conform and to those who look for the show on a regular basis. And I, I do appreciate those who have called or text or sent emails wondering if I'm okay. I do try to be alright and I do appreciate the concern. As long as I have the capacity to bring this to you and the technology will allow and behaves itself, you can find your way to the Hoodwood on a fairly regular basis. Snuffy will continue to watch over my shoulder and have something to say here and there. And you still get your steady dose of fat dabs, head slaps, and the Hoodwood hot five, and of course the final word from the wood. I want to make sure that I do acknowledge the people that you don't see. Uh, the voices that introduces the segments are people that I truly appreciate. Uh, you see the names in passing on the credit, but I have to say a big thank you to uh, Aaron Wilde and Jim Fishback, who are radio personalities in Texas and Illinois, respectively, and people that go way back from when, when my days in working in radio. Uh, they were kind enough to do a quick soundbite and introduce the show, and I am eternally grateful for their, their assistance. You can check them out online. I will provide the ways that you can listen to either one of them on their radio, their respective radio shows. Eden Castile and Ron Cowie are dear, dear friends of mine coming from my alma mater, the University of Cincinnati. And they are entertainers in their own right. And I can, I'll provide the link to Eden's one-woman show that she does so well in, on the East Coast. And Ron does various voice things and voiceovers, and he's also a very technical person. They're a married couple. I know, like I said, I've known them from back my days back at UC, and again, I am eternally grateful for their help. 
And of course, I'm in forever in debt to my big bro, Raj Gross, who is a wonderful radio. Um, he's an actor. He's a director. He's done a lot of things. I've worked with him in many endeavors. He has helped steer this podcast to be better. And he is his graphical assistance as well has made the show look and sound a lot more, more cleaner and clear. A lot better than when I first started doing this video blog in 2011. So, on we go to the 11th season of The Hoodwood next week will be the first show of the new season. And though the fan base and audience is small, your patronage is so very much appreciated. It's quite humbling when you find that someone in Europe is actually listening to something you say and has something to say about what you got to say. So, to those who take time to stop through The Hoodwood, even if for a segment or two, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And to conclude the 10th season, that is the final word from the wood. Now with the music coming up in the background, you know that means that your time here in the Hoodwood is just about done, and I thank you so much for your visit. The show's email is kjgreen at sportsfromthehoodwood.com. Please send me emails regarding show topics, both past and future, questions, comments on the show, both praise and criticism. We'll be corresponding, and we'll try to get back to you in a timely manner. The show's website is sportsfromthehoodwood.com. It has a back catalog of shows dating back to 11 years in both audio and video feed. You can check that out for shows that you may have missed. You can join the debate and conversation on the Sports from the Hoodwood Facebook page. It also has video podcast simulcast as well as other topics, plenty of stuff I find on the web, plenty of great sports debates, and lots more. I post there often and often respond to memory posts. Video versions are also on YouTube. Please hit that subscribe and smash those like buttons for more great content. The link to the podcast is also on the show's Twitter feed, or X, whatever they call it, but I am moving that to Tribal here in the next couple weeks. We'll have more details about that going forward, and that will be at The Good Sports. The audio version is on Spotify, Amazon Music, Pandora, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple, and a host of other fine podcast platforms and providers. If The Hoodwood is not on your favorite, ask for it. Drop me a line, and I will do what I can to get it on your favorite platform. Special thanks, as always, to Rage Pictures for their show assistance, the website, and the show itself. And that's it from the Hoodwood. After 10 seasons, we're still going strong. The new season starts next week. Until next time, from the Hoodwood fellow sports fans, I'm KJ Green, 30. Sports from the Hoodwood is a Black Bandit Productions and Enterprises presentation of a 551 audio and films production.